Hello and welcome to the Michigan State University College of Osteopathic Medicine statewide campus system, our MedEd Transformation Podcast. I am joined today by Dr. Katie Ruger, who is the Associate Dean of Student Life and Admissions at MSU-COM. However, it is because of her work in organizational leadership, um, her work in leadership in medicine, organizational um, and business strategies for various institutions that I bring her uh, here today to join me on the podcast. Welcome, Dr. Ruger. Thanks so much, Dr. Young. I'm really happy to be here. So I, I kind of did a, a little brief of, um, of your background. Um, do you want to share a little bit more of <clears throat> your trajectory towards this leadership realm? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. I, you know, I always think of it and reflect back to when I was 19 years old. I guess that's when I started to attempt to liberate human potential, which is um, what I think of when I think of leadership. I was a coach actually of sports, uh, volleyball, soccer, and basketball for high school students, um, sophomores, juniors, etc. And really loved the idea of helping coach individuals to realize their potential and performance. And so, uh, you know, I was 19 and pretty naive. And so I, I don't know that I always took the best approach to leadership in those um, circumstances, but it really helped me engage in curiosity about what was most effective in motivating people and how folks felt that they could be encouraged again to realize their fullest potential in that relationship. So from there, I, um, I worked for a high school actually in career development and uh, helped counsel students towards the careers that they were most interested in, uh, leveraging some of that coaching skill set, I suppose. Pursued a bachelor's degree in business uh, management and administration, which has a lot to do with leadership concepts, but I really got curious about human behavior specifically as it pertained to leadership when I pursued a, a master's in counseling and sports psychology, kind of marrying the, the performance enhancement idea in sports psych with like the mental health side of things um, and started to think about like, why, why do people behave the way they do and how does that impact organizations? How does it impact employee performance? And what does it mean when we think about being effective leaders? Uh, so then I pursued my doctorate in organizational leadership while working at Michigan State University. And that really opened up a lot of ideas for me in terms of leadership styles and approaches and what works effectively based on you know, data and research and what works effectively just based on you know, case studies and stories. So I, um, I used some of that knowledge to, of course, apply to my position at MSU, but also taught some graduate courses in a master's of business administration, where I learned a lot about other people's industry and how leadership was experienced in their own positions, both positively and negatively, and took that information to kind of formulate my own opinion or strategy, if you will, through a lot of, a lot of, uh, mistakes. 
And, and so I don't know, ever since then, I've been so fascinated with how organizations work. And um, I always look for leaders that I see as being really effective and um, also learn from scenarios that I observe that may not work out as well. So I don't know, I guess that's what I think of when I think about leadership and that's my trajectory and how it um, has played a role in my life. That was pretty long-winded, but there it that, is. That, that's quite all right. So it, in my role as you know, director of faculty development, I reach out to a lot of people to collaborate on different topics um, and, and areas of expertise. But I have to tell you, when I approached you over a year ago, before the pandemic started, about this opportunity of creating a uh, leadership development institute, you jumped on it. You were so excited to collaborate and partner, like more so than anybody else I've, I've ever had to. And so now hearing this backstory, because this is something I didn't know, um, uh, I can I can truly tell your passion and your in your desire to, um, you know, lead people into identifying their own strengths and abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know the you're right. I remember the day that that we talked about it in your office. Actually, again pre pandemic, and I was um, I felt very very excited to partner with you and work with you and to see if together we could make some kind of impact on a small group of individuals moving forward. So. I, I completely remember that. And um, I do have a reputation for getting overly excited about just about anything, but that one was something that was that was really such a great honor and opportunity to, to take part in. So let, let's talk a little bit about the, the institute that we've now uh, brought up. What, is, what does that curriculum look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well, I guess I wanted to design the curriculum based on my understanding of what universal needs folks might have when seeking to enhance their own leadership skills. And most, more specifically, what I've observed in medicine and in healthcare that would help benefit folks in this particular field. So what we start with is a lot of individual reflection in the curriculum because we really need to, to see ourselves first before we even decide that we can and will effectively influence other people. And so I developed it based on that idea. So we focus on individual leadership styles, um, do quite a bit of reflection on our own behavior and how that behavior impacts other people and what motivates our behavior as leaders, uh, because we can be creative in a leadership role, or we can be reactive in a leadership role. And it's really important to be very mindful about one's reaction to stressors, to people and personalities. And, um, and so we spend a lot of time thinking about our own behavior. We did some assessments and we'll continue to do assessments, both in terms of leadership style, um, but as well as a th- what we call a 360 review that some folks may have heard of in the past to basically compare one's own perception of their leadership abilities and strengths to those who are um, surrounding them in a professional sense. So 
you know, do I think I'm a strong leader yet my, the people that report to me may have a different opinion or my boss or students with whom I work and how can I bridge that gap and make sure that I am growing to be able to be whole and complete and healthy for uh, my team. And so part of that also is developing a leadership development plan, knowing that it's important to have a growth mindset and that there's no, in, at least in my experience, perfect leader, but we're always evolving. And so part of the curriculum is to challenge folks to take content from each session each month and apply it towards their own leadership development plan and goals and, and how they want to grow in certain areas. So, um, you know, we talk about why people behave the way they do so we can better understand who we're working with, have empathy for uh, their particular position on things and be more open-minded to new ideas and, and to folks that may be very different than us. Um, and that kind of leads into this concept of motivation. Uh, what motivates people? It's going to be different for me than it is for you, Dr. Deb, Dr. Deb, Dr. Young, perhaps. Um, and it may be different from somebody else that we work with. And so how does this human behavior and our reaction and our self-reflection instigate or detract from um, helping realize other people's motivation? Change is constant in medicine. Change is constant in medical education. It's pretty constant in everything, but it's really important to be ready and agile to move, especially in medicine and in healthcare. And so we spend a lot of time with that too and um, introduce some models for change management and change leadership and talk through how we could approach our teams and our organizations differently when it comes to change to make sure everyone has a shared vision and is on the same page. So folks feel like they're part of it rather than they're a victim of it or experiencing of it. And it's actually a journey rather than a sentence, <laughs> if you will. And so we talk quite a bit about change. Um, and once we set that foundation, which I know is a lot of information to <laughs> digest in these short minutes here, but one of my favorite topics that we go through in the Learning um, Leadership Development Institute is called Transforming a Toxic Workplace. And I'm sure that most of us, if not all of us, have been part of what one would describe as kind of a toxic environment in our lives. And it may be kind of microtoxicity or macrotoxicity, but the ability for a leader to go in and have the tools to make a transformation um, and change processes, policies, people, politics, to be able to inspire a healthier organization where people feel safe and they don't have to feel like, oh, all I want to do is go home at the end of the day as quickly as possible, I think is, is such an incredible opportunity um, for leaders. You're, you're improving people's lives because we all take our work home with us, whether we say we do or not. Um, and so if we can make things healthier for our people, it will just make our organizations better and more effective overall. So I really like to spend time on sharing tools and tricks for transformation in that regard. And then finally, we move on to um, lighten it up a little bit and, and we talk about play 
in the workplace, which I think, you know, takes people back at first. Like, why are we talking about play in this professional setting in medicine? We don't play, we're not children, uh, but it's so important to be able to instigate a creative mindset. Um, again, back to that kind of creative rather than reactive response and um, enable our teams and our people to have fun together and make connections together. It really has a lot of proven evidence behind it in terms of how it impacts an organization positively as well as a team. And it's just essential for us as human beings to engage with for our own well-being. Um, and then we go into like more kind of executive level. How do we make decisions? What data is available to us? How do we interact with a hierarchy of an organization? Um, and, and kind of close it out from there. And then intertwined within that trajectory are several speakers. So you would be exposed to uh, physicians and healthcare leaders and industry leaders who have had the experiences that we've talked about, have led a major hospital uh, system or have um, been involved in training and development for leaders at an executive level or have been the first in their field to be the woman dean at a medical school, for example. And so um, Leadership Development Institute participants really get exposed to a broader network as well. Another long-winded response, Dr. Young, but I will stop there. That, that's quite all right. There, there's going to be some uh, things that I want to talk about based on uh, what you said. Um, one, one thing that I've heard other people say is, I'm not a leader um, because I don't have a title. Talk to me how everyone is a leader and you don't need a title to, hold, to, to lead others. Mm. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the opportunity to be a leader from whatever position that they're in. And um, it can, I think it can be a choice. And I'm saying these statements and I'm thinking like, wow, Katie, you're being really declarative. This is my opinion. <laughs> so there's my disclaimer, but. Well, that's what I love about podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we need to do. We're sharing our opinions. Yes, of course. Thanks for that reminder. I don't have to put a citation into this response. I think it's so important for all of us to be leaders in various ways from various levels of our organization. And it can be um, more formal leadership or informal leadership, but to be able to help influence and guide people towards the right vision or mission of an organization can be achievable from any position. I think about it um, even from a recruitment perspective. You know, we have recruiters at Michigan State University whose jobs are to help inspire other people to come and be part of our community. But that happens with everyone. Everyone's a leader in terms of how it is that they talk about the college, how it is that they represent the college. And um, just by very nature of being affiliated with it, you're seen as a leader uh, of an institution. So you think about that, that kind of informal leadership. But um, that's often too how major change occurs. It doesn't have to happen from quote the top uh, of the hierarchy. Oftentimes big change happens through the influence of those who are in um, the trenches you know, really doing the work and seeing the outcomes of that work and then continuing to have conversations with 
their colleagues and their teams, and then it trickles up or down or over or out. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're kind of informally leading change. So I think as long as everybody has this idea in mind that they want to make an institution better or their teams better or themselves better, um, they are able to be leaders. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's always a good reminder to everybody that uh, regardless of where they are in that, that hierarchy, that they have the opportunity to influence uh, for, for positive. You talked a little bit um, about uh, one's own views of how they're a leader versus the perceptions of others. So you may think that you're a good leader, but those that you lead don't think that or um, your boss doesn't think that, and this isn't specific to you, just a question in general. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if the views are conflicting, how do you grow past that? How do you, what, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good question. I, you know, I think we all have our, our own blind spots. And sometimes when those blind spots are presented to us, it's really tough to see, um, particularly if the feedback might be negative, which I think you're alluding to in your question. And, and so um, I guess a couple things come to mind. One, I think one, one thing that's really important to be an effective leader is to have a growth mindset. A growth mindset means that you know that you're constantly in a mode of um, being open to feedback and improving yourself, wanting to be more effective as an individual. And so really being open to feedback that again, may not be as positive as you'd like it to be, but seeing, asking yourself, you know, oh, <laughs> this is surprising. Do I have blind spots that I need to address? Is this an opportunity for me to be better or more effective in my role? Do I need to ask more questions to try to get clarification to, you know, what this feedback is alluding to? And, and I think that's really important easier said than done, but there's also situations where I think we have to be really careful about knowing the difference between constructive feedback that we really need to be paying attention to and other people just projecting their issues on us. And, and trying to find that balance of like, is this really about me or is this just something else that you're stressed about that you're bringing into this conversation and kind of projecting on, on top on me? So I think that's where being a leader, you really have to know yourself and, and be able to self-reflect a lot um, and be able to identify the difference between potential blind spots and, and just stress you know, based on the other person that might be giving that feedback to, which is not. Sorry to interrupt. That's one of my favorite things. Like when, whenever I'm in a situation and I'm, I need to figure out, you know, is this about me or is this about something else? My favorite question to ask is, okay, what else is true in this situation? And Mm -hmm. it helps me take that, um, taking it personal uh, or making assumptions kind of Mm -hmm. out of, out of the mix. But anyways, go, go on. I did not mean to interrupt you, um, but I wanted to, to just echo your, your sentiment there. No, yeah, I'm glad that you did. That's a really good point. And, and 
also kind of being sensitive to your own triggers. So if something's triggering you or me, I explore the root cause of that trigger and then try to address it. Keeping in mind what you said is not taking it personally, um, unless I need to, like if I really mess something up, <laughs> then, it, you know, I, that growth mindset is saying like, yeah, you, you messed that up. I mean, I, I would have done that differently looking forward um, because I, I mentioned in the beginning, I, I learned my leadership approach, which is not perfect but I learned by making a lot of mistakes along the way. So I think, you know, sometimes it, it's important to take things personally to an extent, but, um, but making sure that it's a opportunity for growth rather than despair or having your inner critic creep up on you. So in, in the Leadership uh, Institute, we, we heard from a couple uh, guests leaders um, in the in the institute as well as from from you and then the, those of us in the cohort um, and some things or questions that came up were you know do you have to get an MBA or a doctorate in leadership to move up in the leadership uh, trajectory and I know that that the answer is very variable of of what type of education or skills that you need but what would be like the top three tips uh, for somebody who wants to become a better leader and or wants uh, to move up in the hierarchy of leadership in their institution? Mm. Good question. I might throw that question back on you too after I'm done answering, so be ready. But um, <laughs> I think, I, I know I've said this a few times, but and be, becoming an effective leader. When I think about an effective leader, I think about somebody who can inspire a team to grow and move forward and advance a mission of an organization happily. And when I think about what it takes to do that, um, making good decisions is important. And, and those decisions are not based on what Katie Ruger wants or what Katie Ruger will need to advance herself, but what's in the best interest of the team or the organization or the stakeholders the organization serves. So I think always making decisions based on that really is, is grounding. We talk a lot about values in the Institute and knowing what your values are and leading by your values is important. Making sure that you're honoring those values in your role, because when you don't, or when you stop, that's when I think we become at risk for being ineffective as leaders. Having a growth mindset, I, I believe it helps us be more humbled and open to feedback. Um, you know, not making assumptions and of course, presuming goodwill. My team is, is probably exhausted of hearing that from me. But one thing I think was really important is that we all agreed to always, to the extent that we were able, presume goodwill of each other and not make assumptions. And I think that that is, has really helped guide our work. Um, and finally, I think I might be over three or five, so sorry, but finally, um, one of my professors at Pepperdine, Vance Caesar, 
said to always be impeccable with your words. So being very careful about how we communicate as leaders and what meaning is interpreted by the way in which we're communicating to our followers or to other people that we're leading with. So being really impeccable with our words and, and intentional about making sure that our communication aligns with our values and the type of culture we want to create in an organization. Thank you for sharing that. And I, and I know in the Institute, um, portions of, of that uh, were shared with us and the four agreements of, um, of life, uh, which I don't want to dive too much into that. But, um, you know, you said you're going to throw it back on me. So I uh, thought for a moment and um, all of the things that you said, I couldn't agree more with, but I don't want to just repeat what you said. So um, somebody once said to me that, you know, we can keep learning and reading um, and taking notes. And, but if we don't do something with what we learned, what was the point of actually learning it? And so those, that statement really stuck with me for a long time and I apply it to a lot of different realms in my life. So in becoming a better leader, I say, you know, do things, learn how to be a better leader, but then apply what you learned. And that really requires reflection. Um, so in any situation that comes your way, whether it went good, bad, or indifferent, reflect on that to identify opportunities for growth or refinement. Um, if it went really well, take note of why it went well and do that again um, to, to repeat. So I say reflect and either refine or repeat. Mm. Um, I love that. That's such good advice. Rarely do we have, do we take the time? Do we choose to take the time to reflect? And, and I, and I think it's important also that reflection is the key, not like festering. Sometimes we fester. <laughs> You know, beat sometimes we do. Sometimes we do fester. I festered on on leadership woes for years until I was able to just let it go. So, try to protect yourself from that. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna um, get personal regarding your leadership. Yeah. Um, do you have a mentor or a coach? I have a few mentors, actually. Yes. And, and what's that, uh, what's the purpose for you? Um, I think a lot of times it's to help me self-reflect. Uh, I, I wanted to make sure that I had people that would be my no people, you know, not always agreeable to me. And, and sometimes, you know, as a leader, you ask your team for, feedback. And sometimes they'll be authentic and honest with you. And other times, you know, they'll try to protect you or support you or not necessarily feel comfortable with giving honest feedback. And so I always like to look outside and be able to bounce ideas or strategies or issues off somebody else who has a significant amount of experience as compared to me and um, have candid feedback about techniques and, and how to respond. Um, and so I've found people who have, have been phenomenal, um, supportive, but very honest with, with me about my own strategy and my own strengths. 
um, for different reasons. Like I have a couple of mentors who are fabulous higher education leaders, presidents of colleges. Um, and that's been wonderful in terms of strategy and technique. And I have mentors who have known me kind of personally, who, um, can say like, yeah, Katie, you kind of screwed that one up. <laughs> you might want to think about that next time. Uh, or, or they can be very encouraging, but, um, it's, it's really nice to have that relationship and it's nice to feel safe with people, uh, and, and be able to, to engage in a conversation where we're both being authentic and honest, but there's no stakes involved in it. How did you find your mentors? Uh, I chased them down, <laughs> Dr. Young. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I guess this is kind of bold when I think about it, but if I observe a leader or a professional who I admire, I will ask them to be my mentor. And so I'm thinking of one who I met kind of in passing and I just sent her an email and said, like, I was so taken aback by how you presented and I really admire your work. And I wonder if you might want to talk to me for 30 minutes, so I can ask you some questions about your world. And then that just helped us establish a relationship. Um, I think that was probably six, seven years ago. And now we have monthly calls where we just engage in these conversations. So it, I, I went after it and I, <laughs> and I asked the question and most people, I think if, if, you know, you approach them and you talk about your admiration for their work and it's genuine and you ask them a lot of questions and show curiosity, I think they're, if they have time, they're pretty open to offering some mentorship. So that's been great. And I've done the same when people have approached me. In fact, I, I told you about coaching years ago when I was 19 and a couple of years ago, I ministered the wedding of one of my former athletes because we've continued in a mentorship relationship. She graduated from medical school and, um, you know, we continue to, to have that relationship. So I think giving it back too is, is important. That, that's amazing. And, and I, I love how, uh, open and honest you were about chasing them down and, <laughs> and just reaching out to people that, that you admire. Um, you know, I think that there's always a little bit of, of hesit hesitancy. And in, in fact, I have a coach, um, and was given very similar, uh, advice, uh, to that, um, that I'm working on. So, um, and you know, that brings up another point, regardless of where you are in your leadership trajectory, leadership roles, um, there's always room for a mentor or a coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And even more important, I think, as you um, grow in, in your leadership and have more what I call positional power. So you can self-reflect and, and have those conversations because it's also isolating in larger leadership positions um, because you don't necessarily have as many colleagues at your level. And so having a mentorship or a coach too is, is a good way to even out that experience. Great. Any other key areas um, of leadership 
um, or, or just the, you know, um, the realm of, of, of being a leader, uh, that people should take into consideration uh, in their jobs, in their, in their life that, um, you know, may, that we may not have highlighted yet today. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what I have learned is to make sure that we are focused and appreciate diversity in leadership. And when I say diversity, I, I guess I mean trying to understand and leverage the strengths that other people bring to the table that may be different from our own. And so I am guilty of this, but I've also seen it done a lot is that we wanna oftentimes hire ourselves <laughs> or, or work with people that are just like us because we are similar in mindset and thinking. Um, but I think we need to challenge ourselves to find people who think differently and really appreciate that and leverage those differences to make a more whole organization. Um, so when we're hiring people, when we're recruiting, when we're developing our teams and even our, our workflow and job descriptions, really assessing the strengths of the team, um, what exists currently, what do we need to bring in that we might not already have and trying to stay away from the reaction of like, you know, hiring people that are just like me because I must be awesome. So everybody else that is like me should be awesome. Uh, and, and really just getting out there and, and thinking a little bit differently about that. Well, thank you for sharing that. And then to jump back to our, the Institute, which we're both so excited about, <laughs> um, what are the plans for, um, the Institute going forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we're going to keep a similar schedule in terms of the curriculum flow. We will meet once a month formally um, for our monthly sessions, and then we'll continue with a journal club that introduces articles that complement the theme of our sessions. What will be a little bit different is that we actually will have alumni as of Friday, in fact, when the first cohort graduates, including yourself. Congratulations. Thank you. And so I'm looking forward to a lot of alumni engagement in the next round, which I think will bring a lot of value to the new participants, of course, the alumni to keep our own leadership development going because it's never ending. Um, So I can see that being a, a major strength. And I had mentioned we're doing, we did 360 review in this last session. Um, this year, I'm going to bring in what's called the leadership circle profile, which is a little bit more formalized assessment um, on one's own strengths and how their strengths are perceived by others that they work with. It's research-based, it's been highly effective and it measures our, um, I guess our strengths and skill sets as leaders as being more creative or more reactive and in which areas we're more creative and more reactive. And then we'll help guide a little bit more specifically the leadership development plan for each participant. So between that new assessment and the 360 that we develop independently, I think folks will get an even more clear picture on, um, on where they can leverage their strengths and what changes might 
they might consider moving forward. And then finally, uh, coaching is, has become really important in leadership and in medicine, um, not sport coaching, although <laughs> I always kind of go back to that, but leadership and performance coaching is something that will be a little bit more visible in next year's cohort, given that you and I are both getting um, certification in coaching. I can see that being playing a larger role in this cohort and doing maybe some one-on-one -on -one work as well. Very good. Um, we are currently accepting um, applications for the next uh, Leadership Development Institute cohort um, that will start in August. And so you can email myself, dyoung at msu.edu for more information if you're interested. Dr. Ruger, thank you for being here with me today. Thanks for having me. This has been such a fun conversation. I really appreciate the opportunity. Any final closing uh, remarks or, or statements you'd like to share? <laughs> well, one plug for the Leadership Development Institute. Um, you may have seen that we accept eight participants. The reason that we do that is because we want it to be a personalized, intimate experience that can be customized to the group. And so if you apply and, and you are selected to be part of this cohort, that's wonderful. We're really excited about it, but don't be discouraged if you're not. We try to formulate groups so there's no overlap in organizations. So you feel really safe to be able to share specific um, stories with the cohort. And so we, you know, we may ask you to be part of the following year or this year, but I really encourage you all to take advantage of the opportunity. I know we're probably both a little biased, but um, it seems to have had such a great impact on the, on the participants so far. And then finally, just on a personal note, uh, you know, we've talked about not taking anything personally and giving, knowing the difference between feedback and like other people projecting their issues on us, but you know, we're all growing um, and I think striving to be the best version of ourselves. Um, so just remember that feedback is a gift. It's an opportunity. And um, without it, there's no really ability to grow, I think. So embrace it to the extent that you're able, but I, I really hope that we can cross paths one, one day, hopefully in the Leadership Development Institute. And Thanks again, uh, Dr. Young, for hosting this, this uh, podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you being here with us today.